0: Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White.
1: Where you are right now is the result of every decision you've ever made in your entire life. And I am thankful that in this very second, you've decided to be here with us. My name is J.J. White, and I'm the host of The Great People Show, and in our studio... Is the man, the legend, the myth, Muncie? Good morning, Muncie. Good morning. And I am glad that you decided to be with us this morning. I wouldn't miss it. Well, you have. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got me there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Had to do that. But Uh, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, Every show we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration, thought-provoking inspiration for a life of significance and serving others. And that's a big word for us here because I think if you're listening to our show regularly, um, the people that keep coming back and the reason we keep coming back here is because you're looking for significance. You, you're you're living a life uh, and you're looking for what part am I supposed to be playing in this world today? So wherever you're listening to us right now, we broadcast live on 97.7 FM, 820theanswer.com. Uh, a lot of people check us out on Facebook where we do our Facebook Live and you can actually interact with us. You can type in things and we'll talk about you on the show and all this good stuff. Uh, and of course, the podcast. We we put everything on a podcast, all this you can find on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. Thanks for being here and allowing us to be part of this journey that we call we call life. And I started the show with that quote. It's I, I don't know if it's an actual quote from someone else. If if I can't find it, it's gonna be it's gonna be my quote. I mean, I've obviously heard it, I've heard it before. Well, or some just change some of the words and make it yeah, my quote. I just it love you. It. I mean, it's true where we are. At this very second in our life All the good All the bad All the ugly Everything that we are experiencing Internally and externally 100% as a result Of every single decision You've ever made Since you were old enough To make decisions That's true There's a uh,
2: movie Several years ago that came out I think it was called Sliding Doors And it was Hmm. a very mediocre movie But the whole thing about the movie Was about Hmm. points in your life Where you made you made a decision that completely changed the path of your life interesting after afterwards I like and that. it shows what would have happened differently had you made a different decision at that moment but I we all it. have a lot of those moments in our lives that uh and you never know or you don't always know when those moments
1: are going to happen that's uh, true i hopefully you feel like you you're doing the best you can at, absolutely in, in postmortem in in all the decisions that we make in our life if you're like me, and maybe like you, I beat myself up. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I could have done this. I could have done that. It's over. It's done. And we're going we're gonna to be talking about this whole thing about decision making. And it always, always shocks me. Every show where I feel like, wow, this is like the most important topic we could be talking about today. I can't imagine a more important topic that transforms and dictates the life that we live and then we come back next week with another topic i feel the same way about well that's 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 a good thing though that's a great thing we must be making some good decisions around I, here I, I would say somebody, so somebody somebody's making some good decisions i mean we're biased but i, I i'd say so we're gonna, we're talk about that too good Bi- Bias is in our decision making and that's okay
2: uh, w- what do you mean bias we are we're always going to be biased one way or another you tend to be biased in the direction that you like your oh, life we're to chunk, go that you're talking about yeah
1: Chuck full of them. yeah,
2: but I mean, whether you have political bias, whether you have, uh, I mean, people have all sorts of biases. They're not yeah. always a bad thing. We should talk more about
1: that. I want to hear more about that. Um, the first, the first element of this topic we're going to talk about today is from an article in the New York Times that recently came out from a guy named Tim Herrera. Love this article. We'll, we'll put a link up on our website here later. It's called uh, Fobo. Now you've heard of FOMO, right? You know yes. what FOMO is. Yes. Fear of missing out. Right. This is FOBO, which is fear of better options. And it's an epidemic that we're having in our life. And I think the main driver, like many issues in our life, of the fear of better options is driven by social media. And let me, let me explain. We have access to any piece of information we want to in this world. hmm even Snowden gave us access to, to NSA stuff, yep. right? So there's very little that we don't know about today. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you want to know it, if you want to have it, you can get your eyes and your ears on it. And social media delivers a lot of that to us regularly. We, we see people live their lives and we go, wow, I wish I had a life like that. I wish I had kids that always posed that great on the beach because clearly that's what their whole life looks like. Yeah. You know, everything is peachy and keen and beautiful and wonderful. And that really transforms our point of view to believe, well, maybe there's a better option here. Maybe there's a better—maybe there's something more I could be doing. Maybe there's something I—and it just freaking locks us up. And, and the way that Tim describes FOBO, the fear of better options— It's the relentless researching of all possible options for fear that you'll miss out on the best one, leading to indecision, regret, and even lower levels of happiness. Totally see it all the time, man. All the time.
2: And this is a theme that has come back to this show so many times. Social media skewing our view of reality, Mm -hmm. making us feel bad about our lives through snapshots of other people's lives that make it appear to be absolute
1: perfection. So you're saying social media gives us bias? I'm saying social media is the devil. I thought we had the bias before. So one of us should dress up like the devil on the show <laughs> just, to, just to be social media for the yeah. day. That would be kind of, I don't know where that came from.
2: Because we were texting about it last night.
1: Well, I didn't want to say that out yeah. loud. But yeah, we were. Now, now people are wondering, good gosh, what do y'all text it's about weird, in the middle of the night? Weird stuff. It is very weird. Um, so that that's going to be the really the... the the driver of today's show is the fact that we now live in a society where we are, are filtered and hamstrung because we think, wow, there's just got to be a better option. There's got to be a BBD out there. We've, there's a bigger, better deal somewhere. Yeah. And I'm, gonna, I, and I'm not going to make any decisions on this until I find it. And then we live an entire life of realizing, Wow. I haven't really made many decisions in my life just kind of waiting for the train to show up at the train station and it never shows What an old analogy. How many times are we recently been on a train? But you get the point. It's like kind of waiting for the destination to show up and it never shows up. Yeah. And we're going to give a lot of advice. This this show, I think, is going to be probably full of more advice than we've – maybe we should call them suggestions because if you give advice, people take it and they do bad things with it and then they blame you. So I don't want to get blamed. No, screw or that. that. Let's gonna, give advice. We're going to give the advice
2: and then it's the listener's decision. decision – whether or not they take it, see, see what I we did like there. It.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty clever. Yeah. We're probably going to use the decision word sarcastically a lot in today's I think, show. I think so. I think we are. Um, so, um, what, so, I'm, so I'm curious, James. Let's um, well, let's get this conversation started before we go to our next break. All right. What are what are some of the most important decisions that you make in your life right now? Right now, right now, today. How old are you? At 39. So you're 39 years old. As a 39 year old. With two kids and a wife and a business and all these things, what's what are the most important decisions that you make? Well, in my in my day-to-day job. Oh, look at that. It's time for a break. Oh, so I guess we'll have to that. figure it out whenever we hear back. So don't go away, folks. We're talking about decision making, and we hope you make the decision to come right back. You're listening to The Great People Show.
0: The Great People Show. will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. <laughs> Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Thanks for deciding to come back, folks. We appreciate you. And if you're listening
1: to the podcast, it didn't really mean anything because it just flips right over. There's no commercials on the podcast. so. So we're talking about decision making. Yeah. The most important decisions you make in your life, James. You cut me off again. No, no, I we got plenty time? of time
2: this time. No, so the the most decision, the most important ones uh, in my day to day life, I think, um, much like you, I, I sort of eat what I kill in my job. So I have to Sound pleasant. I have to choose. I have to choose wisely between what I work on okay. and what I don't, because working on the wrong thing for me means that I bring home less money for it's my a bad family. rabbit hole to go down. And I'm confronted with uh, opportunities all day, every day, mm-hmm. and I have to decide which ones. I want to move forward on it. The wrong decision can be pretty costly.
1: Yeah. So, yours is a time and money decision. Yeah. I guess yeah. most decisions end up with time and money. Like, ultimately, if you measure... Well, we measure our life that way, right? We measure our life by time and money. We do. And love and in other things. But mainly time and money as far as the measuring stick. But I'm glad that you brought it up in regards to
2: what is the most difficult day-to-day decisions that we make. Because mm-hmm. all of us confront, obviously, not just... Daily decisions. But then every once in a while, you have big life decisions. Are you going to change jobs? Are you going to go back to school? Are you going to get married? Um, big decisions. these are big decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've got to make good decisions all day, every day. And we're usually expected to make them pretty quickly.
1: And while I, this just popped in on my head, think of how technology has actually uh, enabled us to have to make less decisions. Mm-hmm. We, now ha- we are now surrounded by technology that are making the decisions for us. For instance, I use a Waze app for GPS mm-hmm. every single place I go, even between work and home, every single day. Okay. And I know how to get to work. Right. Certainly know how to get back home. Waze is there to make, help me make the right decision in case there's an accident, there's traffic or whatever. It's autopilot. So much of the things in our life now are on autopilot. And I think what's happening is it's robbing our abilities to make better decisions because we're not as practiced in making decisions. And we're also in to oh go ahead, you want to say no, something. No, so I, I agree and disagree. Okay. So I think that uh, I think that
2: people can't really read maps anymore because we just follow GPS's. Yeah. That's a whole different rant, which doesn't yeah. really have much to do about decisions. But there's no way without somebody something like Waze that mm-hmm. you could know where the traffic is and that you need to take a different route to work. To me, something like that is enabling us to go about our day yeah. quicker so hey, that we can you, make
1: decisions. That's a good, I think that's a positive outcome of it. A negative outcome is it disengages our brain from one more thing that we don't have to worry about yeah. and think about. And with artificial intelligence especially, we are we are becoming less of a decision-making society. Oh, we are. And it's like everything else in this world. If you're not practicing something, you're not going to become permanently better at something. And I think it's really going to affect our children and our children's children when there's artificial intelligence and there's automatic driving of cars and everything is just happening for us. That there's going to be so much data analytics that we won't even have to decide where, what, where we need to go and what shopping we need to do because your refrigerator already knows you're you're getting out of something and it's going to order it for you. Think of the ramifications that has on us. What if, so what happens whenever you stop going to the gym and you stop running and you stop exercising? I mean, you're going to, you get, get out of shape. shape. I, out and of shape and this, this our society is, is heavily leaning us towards becoming mentally out of shape in our decision-making. One big thing we want our listeners to do and really think hard about is, You need to actively be pursuing situations to make more decisions. And I know some of you are thinking, I could not possibly make more decisions in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's a word for it. I've, I've certainly talked about it. I've had many other people talk about this. If you're in a career where you're making a ton of decisions during the day, most of us in that type of career don't want to make any more decisions when we leave work. Yes. It's, I'm just like, when I get home and Sam says... What would you like to eat for dinner? I literally say you're going to need to decide.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Catherine and I have the same mm-hmm. discussion multiple times a week because mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I, I come home, do I'm, I'm done. My bucket I, my bucket is empty.
1: Yep, and, and especially if you're in a leadership role, in an influencing role where people are turning to you for things, you just can't do but only so much decision-making. And, and, and I think as tough as that is on some of us, it's one of the best things that could happen for us. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have children and you're trying to instill that decision-making ability in them, one of the big issues we have is the fact that we have people graduating from college that haven't had to make a lot of decisions in their life because the parents have been making the decisions for them. Mm -hmm. Think about that as a parent. Think about if you have a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, how many decisions are you still making for your children?
2: Yeah, and and that's been a topic of conversation around our house a lot lately. And between that and and the whole phobo thing, which again is is fear of better options, <laughs> Fobo, baby. we end up raising a very indecisive yep. generation. Yep.
1: Absolutely. And we end up being indecisive. I see it all the time. Yeah. And 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 as frustrating as it may be for you to be in a situation where you have to make a lot of decisions in your life, what is even more frustrating is if you're surrounded by people that cannot make a decision and it's up to you to do it. Mhm. That, to me, is so frustrating. And that is another, I would call it an epidemic happening in business. I'm all about collaboration. I'm all about uh, getting people's input and feedback. But so many of the decisions today are completely and totally hinging on consensus. We all have to agree. No, you don't. In fact, I think agreement is, is pushing most people in the, and most businesses in the wrong direction. Because now you are catering to the lowest common denominator of experience, opinions, points of view, and emotions. Mm-hmm. And that is that is not a place that anybody should be. Do you agree? Do you disagree? No, do you I I,
2: com- I completely agree. I like to hear that. And, and you <laughs> know, the places that we don't see that, we don't see that in the military. We don't see that True. in the fire service, we don't see that in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You know, these are organizations that people have to make decisions quickly and there's a chain of command and you follow the orders of of the person who is paid to make the decisions. In the corporate world, though, we've gotten the team mentality in the corporate world, which is where, by and large, things have gone in the last 10 to 20 years, is a good thing overall. But you do get... Analysis paralysis, and you mm-hmm. get you get indecisiveness uh, spreading like disease through these organizations. I hear about it all the time from people. And it's something I don't think we're doing anybody any favors by no. not being able to state a,
1: state a decision, have some leadership, and take some initiative. From whatever positive outcome you think you may be getting by including so many people in the decision— and making them feel good that they're contributing to something, you're probably losing. I almost guarantee you're losing on the back end of just making poor decisions. Yeah. The value to the organization, the team, and even that person is minimized because you try to get so many now. And so people ask, So what do I do? Well, it's it's easy. You can ask people's opinions, you can get them to contribute, but at the end of the day, you have to make an executive decision somewhere and say, Thank you for everyone's feedback. This is the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make everyone happy. I think too many leaders today, they're just making decisions to cater to that common denominator of how can I make as many people happy as I possibly can.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's not that's not leadership. No, you also can't take that decision when you're the person who's been put into that situation. Don't put a disqualifier ahead of the decision. I'm sorry <laughs> for anybody who's unhappy about this, but I've decided. Yeah. Um. You know, don't don't do that. That automatically lowers. The opinion that you're about to state or the decision that you're about to state. Yep. um, Make a decision and stand by it and be able to justify it and you'll be fine.
1: Or even start to apologize because you had to make a certain decision because you couldn't make everybody happy. And we're talking about business. What about home? How many of you have families and you literally make the decision based on making your kids happy? Mm -hmm. And I mean big decisions. Well, you know, I got this really great job offer, but we're gonna have to move and the kids didn't want to move schools and lose friends. So we've just decided to stay here. Yeah. I'm sorry. And and in and, and call me a bad person. That should not drive the decision. And I've seen so many people let that drive their decision because they wanted to make their kids happy.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that specific decision though there's a lot of things to consider Oh sure. with that. Sure. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. You can't do it just for your kids. Um, most of us, I like to put my spouse usually before myself, but what she gives me a hard time about. At I, least
1: that's what you say on radio.
2: Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> what I have a tendency, I don't know if you've ever done this, though. Tracy, get is, Catherine on the phone. Yeah, she's unavailable. <laughs> is... Uh, you know, but but we'll we'll be deciding where to go for dinner. If you know we're having a date night or something, and you know, yeah. I'll say, well, where do you want to go? And we'll hem and haw, and then she'll say, Well, you know, how about how about Outback? And you know, so now here she, she's right. finally made a decision. decision. And what do I say?
1: I don't know. Maybe we should You go. decide. No, I don't like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. You decide,
1: no, I don't like that. Exactly. It's funny. So Dave Wright just made a comment on our Facebook live feed. Is feel good the only reason to include people in the process? Absolutely not. No. The 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 challenge that we're we're really highlighting on the show right now is the fact that leaders tend to use that as the primary decision-making criteria. Not necessarily. It's, it's, I think it's incredible to get people's point of view because someone, especially at a very low rung on the ladder that has customer facing experience and they're in the trench, because you mentioned military, you don't see a lot of this type of decision-making great generals will actually walk the field to listen to the infantry and let that impact their decision. But that general should never, ever say, you know, I've listened to a lot of the infantry, and I'm going to make a decision because I think they need to be happier. No, your decision is to win war. Right. That's the that that's what it's based on. And, and people get very trapped by um, wanting to make other people happy. And that's admirable. That's noble. But that's not why that's not the primary reason why we should be making some of these big decisions there's there's other there's other reasons well exactly
2: you know? i mean if if you are listening to this show and you are a decision maker in your organization you are paid to do that for a reason mm-hmm. you are supposed to make the decisions and like you're saying jj it's not that you shouldn't or you can't take the opinions of other of other people into account yes. but
1: you've got to you've got to make a decision and and here's a big one dave just J, dave just responded I include people in the process to help people learn to think at a higher level. So let's flip the script on this whole thing. How's about if it's minimal impact decisions rather than going to those folks, getting their impact and you making decisions? Because I totally agree with Dave. You get them thinking at a deeper level, you let them make the decision. Mm -hmm. But they have to own the decision and they have to follow up with it and they have to fix it if they make a bad decision. Because all this weaves together. If we're not not pushing our children to make decisions – and deal with the consequences and support them and help them, then we're we're gonna we're doing them a disservice as they grow up. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the saying, um, it, "My kids need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. It's my job to make sure they have the bootstraps." Yep. but you cannot pull your kids up by the bootstraps. They have to do it. Your employees have to do it for themselves. It's the only way they're going to start to be thinking more critical anywhere in their life is if they're practicing decision making and technology is ripping uh, ripping that ability away from us to make more decisions in our life
2: it is and when we come back from break I want to talk I don't you, want to a you, break you hit, well we have to okay. but you hit on consequences we're going to talk more about consequences and second guessing and why that can be
0: a major problem in decision making come on back Great People Show we'll be right back call into the show at 804-454-1366 <laughs> Now, back to the Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804 454 1366. That's 804 454 1366. So, by nature, we are very
1: biased and irrational in our decision making. One of the all time favorite books of business books of mine is a book called Predictably Irrational that shows how horrible we are at decision making. It's like basic, once you read that book, you realize. You've probably never made a really sound decision in your entire life because we're so irrational. And you brought up earlier how biased we are in everything in our life. Yeah, just tell us more about that. All right, I'll give you a quick one.
2: I uh, I'm biased toward Ford trucks. Okay, I'm am a Ford guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I'm going to buy a new truck, which I, I did not long ago, monster uh, truck, I'm not even really going to look at the at the Chevys or the Dodges. And I'm sure there's plenty of people on the radio that are listening or. However you're listening to us, they are thinking, you know what? Screw Ford. I love Chevy <laughs> or I'm a Dodge guy. Mm-hmm. Those are biases mm-hmm. that we have. And the truth is I've, uh, I've had Fords most of my life. So I know how they're laid out. I know the dealerships. I'm very comfortable. And so I'm biased, you know? So when I bought the truck that I have now, should I, you know, if I wasn't biased, should I have gone and driven every truck and, and learned all about every single manufacturer and so on? I guess I probably should have. But being biased,
1: I basically just decided which Ford I wanted. So I see a a major upside to biased. It's efficient. It allows us to get very laser focused on what our normal routines and pathways are and what we know we should do, how we should do it. We don't have to think any, like you don't have, it's not a decision for you anymore. The only decision is which Ford, okay? Um, That's an upside. Downside. Maybe the FOBO turns to FOMO. Maybe maybe there is a fear of missing out because you're so hung up on Fords. Have you ever just maybe wondered, gosh, maybe Chevy's got a better truck now. Maybe I should try it out. Maybe I should just see what it's all about rather than sticking to the biased. No. But these are all good questions.
2: Okay. But the thing is that, again, we go back to analysis paralysis, JJ. This is where... I think that a bias can be a good thing because the truth of it is, I mean, while we're picking on on trucks, all, all of these trucks, they're all good, you know, these days. Whether you're right. driving a Ford, a Chevy, Dodge, they're all good trucks. So how much of my life did I really need to spend analyzing everything, trying to do it from a non-biased point of view? You know what? I'm happy with the Ford. I like the Ford product, yeah, and uh, and and it makes me feel good. I have no buyer's remorse.
1: So what I love about what you're saying is something that I came to a realization in just preparing for the show that our our, our we should be making decisions that are good enough, right? And and that's that's the goal. The right. goal is to make decisions that are good enough, and that makes some people's skin crawl just to hear that. Yeah. You're like, no way am I going to settle for good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, the other option is to strive for always making great decisions. Or, heaven forbid, your goal is to always strive for perfect decisions. Oh, yeah, Because we know that perfect is the enemy of great. And in the context of making, let's just let, maybe narrow this down a little bit. In the context of making really Um, really big, important decisions, you should spend some extra time in finding out if you can make this a great decision. But for most decisions, 95% of the decisions in our life, the goal should be this decision needs to be good enough. And here's why. Because the reason most of us can't make decisions is because we are afraid of being wrong. We are second-guessers. We will second-guess and then second-guess and then second-guess, and then the opportunity shifts. Or when we decide to do something, we aren't fully committed to it. Because in the back of our mind, we believe it's, it's not going to work. I have personally experienced, especially in the last, let's say, 10 years of my life, the more confident that I've become as a person, if I can make more good enough decisions— I will execute quickly, have patience, respond very quickly to changing environments, to changing facts, to changing situations, and literally be completely prideless about saying, you know what? I think I screwed this up. Let's reevaluate. Let's do something different. Because here's where most of you are right now. Most of you are hemming and hawing too much to make the absolute greatest, most perfect decision. And then when you finally make that decision, you're not fully committed because you're looking at all the things that could go wrong and you're hung up on those. And here's the biggest mistake. You stick with a decision because you're prideful about it. And it's hard for you to say, you know, I think I may have made a bad decision here. And I'm going to add one more thing. I know you want to say something. No, you're good. The whole reason all of this gets shut down most of the time, and you end up not making a decision, it's because you're taking the easy way out. Drop Mike. mic. <laughs> no, I, I, I
2: agree. I have a good friend who loves to say, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Mm-hmm. Don't let the perfect mm-hmm. get in the way of the good. And that's something I sort of keep front and center in my mind day in, day
1: out. Um, I got way off on the bias thing, by the way. No, I got a little okay. tangent. This is this is this is good stuff. Because I, I i think uh, i think the bias in our decision making is is one of the most powerful influencers. That if we can if we can turn a knob and pull a lever, is identifying our biases in certain things.
2: Yeah, but i just i just don't think that i think that for day to day decision making, the majority of the time, a bias is not a bad thing because our biases tend to lead us to decisions that we personally are happy with. Mm -hmm. Not 100% of the time. I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time. Most of the time, your biases lead
1: you in the right direction for you. And I I think we're advocating is that's what you should be shooting for is most of the time. Yes. And we get stuck in all the time. Mm -hmm. That everything needs to be right all the time. I need to be right all the time. I need to make the best decisions all the time. And if you really want to loosen up the people around you and loosen yourself up, I, I've used this phrase a lot recently. You know, I might be wrong because I frequently am. This is what I think we should do. It, it literally kind of allows an environment of failure. You want, you, you want to become ultra successful? You want to do amazing things in this world? You got to go out and screw up a lot. I'm sorry. You just have to. I, I, I can't find any ultra successful people that haven't failed a lot. It's in just about every statistic you can find. Some of the most successful business owners, most of them have filed for bankruptcy. A lot of them
2: have. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know if most of them, but a lot of them have.
2: You know, again, I think what you just said, though, goes also could potentially go out to, again, you're, you're throwing out that disclaimer before yeah. you're about to say something. So you're already mm-hmm. lowering the value of the next thing that's going to follow that. And I think that you should be careful of that too. Not you, but anybody out there.
1: No, you can talk to me that way. All right. Um, the other bias that I want to talk about is the bias that we have towards ourselves. Our selfishness. Because that is that is the ultimate common theme on our show is that if you want to become great in this world and achieve greatness, you have to achieve greatness for the people around you. And a vast majority of our decisions in this world impact other people. And we, by nature, are going to lean towards a decision because it's in our favor. Mm-hmm. It's selfish. Yeah. It's not as others focused. Now, you may be saying, wait a minute, J.J., Didn't you just say earlier on the show, I love whenever I talk to myself in third person or second person. Both, actually. I'm talking second and third at the same time. Didn't you just say earlier on your show that you should make decisions to make other people happy? Well, if you are making decisions without fully analyzing, am I just making this decision because it's good for me? You're going to end up in a heap of trouble over the long term. Mm -hmm. That's a bad long-term play. And all I'm asking you to do is just become more self-aware whenever you make some of these big decisions, am I just doing this for me? Or am I truly taking into consideration other people's thoughts? Because you may not need or want to make a decision to make other people happy, but you certainly need to get other people's input so that you can make the best qualified decision and then decide, okay, I need to make sure I'm just not doing this for me, that there's other people that can benefit from this as well.
2: Yeah, and and you've used the word happy a lot. Not, Not every decision, obviously, that we make has any flavor of happiness in it. It mm. may have nothing to do about it. And just because you're making a decision without taking in a bunch of feedback from other people doesn't make it necessarily a selfish decision. Right. I mean, there are lots of people that are decisive and can make quick and good decisions that are good for everybody, uh, not not just
1: them. You know how to make some bad dis- You You know what you can do to make bad decisions? What's that? Or to make decisions well, harder? What's that? Um... Take too much time to decide, don't have enough sleep, and don't eat enough. Because there are statistics that show. Um, This was a study done in Israel that um, they were granting parole to prisoners in Israel. And they found out that if the committee members had not eaten in a period of time before the parole hearing, more prisoners, less prisoners were granted parole, the more hungrier the parole agents were. They were hangry. They must have been. (laughs) So, eat a Snickers bar, folks. Yeah. I mean, before making a big decision, fuel up because that matters. Today, we're talking about decision making. We started by talking about FOBO, the fear of better options. When we come back and we start to bring our plane in for landing, we're going to talk about all the things that you can do differently to make better decisions in your life. So, don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show.
0: The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. We're glad you decided to stick with us, folks. So we're
1: bringing it. We're bringing it. We're bringing it. Always. What do you do to make better decisions? So some of this is going to be more awareness type things, and some of this is going to be kind of more how how to things. Uh, the first one is, and this is an awareness: if you're agonizing over a decision, you're already heading in the wrong decision. Are you already heading in the wrong direction? Really? Like if you have an emotion of agonization, like, I just don't know what to do. You're lost. You're just lost. Like the the layers around you are too clouded to make a good decision. Most of, well, maybe this is, well, I'll wait for that comment a little bit later. But in the emotion of agony, you are never going to make a good decision. In fact, if you're in the motion of fear, if you're in the motion of hurt, if you're in the emotion of turmoil, chaos, (laughs) all these things, then you're not, you, there's a 100% chance you are not going to make the best decision when carrying those emotions around, you're already in the wrong place. Yeah, I would agree that emotional decisions, unless you're deciding like who to marry, are are generally not. <laughs> well, the, let's, let's face it. If you're agonizing over that decision, you should not marry that person. I, I agree. I agree <laughs> That's with a that. great example of is, agonizing. If, if, did I just prove my point? You know, <laughs> but, agony is probably not a good situation to be in. But I feel
2: like I have I have agonized over plenty of decisions in my life, and I've I've eventually come to a good place. I guess the definition of what is the definition of agony here?
1: Yeah. Well, un- you know, unsurety. Um, right. You know, in, with an with an emotional amp. Okay. Mm-hmm. With with an emotional amp. So that's that's the first big one to be aware of. It's like how do you pull yourself back from some of these emotions? The biggest thing you can do is sleep on it. There are so many research studies. I found this one in the book rest, which is a great book that when you're in the peak of creative writing, um, decision-making problem solving, when you're at the peak, the absolute peak, you're supposed to put it down because what happens is your brain starts to figure these things out for you. You, you're underestimating the power of your brain that if you are on a roll writing, if you're on a roll problem solving, talking about decision-making, Put it away. So, you know, I'm not going to think about it anymore right now. If you have the time, and if you don't think you have the time, you have to find a way to create the time, make the decision tomorrow. In fact, that's just kind of turned into my process. Unless I need to make a decision really fast. And I love this quote from John Wooden, be quick, but not in a hurry. Okay? Because if we get in a hurry, if we get hurried, then you're not going to make the best decision. And from a business perspective, some people will hurry you just to, just so you can make a quick decision so that you make a bad decision for you, but a good decision in their favor. Um, Dave Wright says on Facebook, again, the most agonizing decisions are deciding between two good things. I actually want to talk about that, because Dave said between two good things. Here's something to be very, very aware of. Increase your options. If most of your decisions are just between two things, you could be thinking too narrowly, about the situation. I don't have anything to back this up other than personal experience. But the better situation to be in is having three things to choose from. Yeah. Because it takes the binary black and white, yes or no, positive, negative, completely out of the equation.
2: Yeah. And that's that's been proven many times just in human psychology. It like goes our political the, system. The political, <laughs> the political system. <laughs> Uh, but sales tactics—if if, you—if you go car shopping, or if you go shopping for a lot of things, you'll notice that most retail professional good salespeople they give you three choices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because if they give you one or two, then you're probably not going to buy. But if they give you ten choices, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if a car—if a car salesman takes you to see ten cars on the lot, chances of him landing a sale are slim right. to none because because it's too much to make a decision based and on.
1: And you know what three choices do? It gives you the chance if you if you're the salesperson. You have the one you want them to choose. And then you have two that um, if they choose those, it's actually better for you and them. Yeah. Okay. We have to be careful. I mean, we could have a whole show on on selling. Oh, yeah. Um, because we want to stick to the fact that you can't just be selfish about your decisions. You have to be including. Some people actually would use this as a manipulation tool. We don't want you to do that. Um, another big piece of advice and we've already hit on this one a little bit, not making a decision is making a decision. So if you think you're not a decision maker, you're thinking wrong. You're always making decisions probably by not making a decision.
2: Oh, absolutely. And we're not talking about, we're not talking about waiting overnight to make a decision. That, that can be a very good thing, like we were just Mm -hmm. saying, but, but just indefinitely putting off an important decision, you know, uh, Gosh, I've got that that mole is really changing shape on my back. Uh, but you know, I don't know if I'm going to see no. a doctor right now. Um, you know, putting, I've done that.
1: I've delayed health, health visits to the doctor because I don't want to face reality with yeah. it. I, I had, I had um, a spot here on my cheek. I'm mm-hmm. thinking it's cancer. I'm going to die. I don't want to deal with it. Go to the doctor. Come to find out, and she looked at it real. I was there literally five seconds. Little scope. She goes, "No, you're fine." Yeah. Five hundred bucks later, you're good to go. <laughs> and, and, so, in, it's, and for uh, years, for years. I was not making a decision to go see the doctor. I finally did. Yeah. But you know these, and especially in today's world, where we are inundated with so much information, it, it, we we get trapped into these, we get trapped into the fear. Yep. So the the path of least resistance is to not make a decision. That's right. And that's not where that that is not where you want to be, folks.
2: And and that adds a lot of baggage to you. You know, every every decision that you decide not to make, that's another weight that you're mm-hmm. going to be carrying around on your back until you finally do something about it. Uh, and that's not healthy either
1: yeah uh, the next one is uh, it's not whether you make a bad decision it's how quickly you adapt to changing circumstances and if it is bad how quickly you recover I my first real job out of college was in the payroll industry mm. and they told me on the first day you're gonna make so many bad decisions and mistakes here it's not even funny mm-hmm. it's guaranteed in the job you're gonna be measured on how quickly you recover from them mm-hmm. because They knew in our nature, we want to avoid pain. And how do we avoid pain? We walk away from it. We move away from it. You have to embrace the pain of knowing you're going to screw up. And you have to move quicker. You don't want to be in a hurry, but you want to move quickly with your decisions and then execute and adapt. If you you read any books about entrepreneurship or whatever, they say 99% of the people in this world never get to do what they want to because they didn't actually go out and start doing things. They didn't execute on certain things. Mm-hmm. Because they're afraid it's not perfect or they're going to screw up. Just start executing. Just start getting it done and then adapt quickly. Whenever you have started to identify, you made a you made a poor choice. Yep. You made a bad decision.
2: Yeah, but move, be persistent.
1: And this is probably more with smaller decisions than big ones because I'm not saying that... Well, actually, this is a good example. Let's say in, in any marriage you have some, some issues, yeah. right? Um, is to identify those issues and go do something about them rather than letting them pile up on you because yeah. we know how that ends. Um, this one, th- this one's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I'm a big House of Cards fan. Um, and one of the themes in the later, um, what do they call it? The se- uh, seasons seasons. Yeah. of the show was, um, and this is around decision-making. I think they used it more around negotiation is uh, if you don't like how the table is set, reset the table. yeah. And I think we, what, it, what this means for us here is we just take everything for how it's given to us. We feel in too many situations out of control, helpless. Uh, we have to only work with what we have to work with. I'm, I'm surrounded by a few people, you being one of them, James, where you can, it's almost like it's just easy for y'all. And I'd really strive to be like this, is you just look at something at a completely different angle. Like mm-hmm. when you're in, in conversations and situations with people and you frequently hear the words, you know, I didn't think about that. That person is is resetting the table right before your eyes because you see it in a very one and even two dimensional way. When what's happening is there's something going on three dimensional that someone else is looking at it completely different.
2: Yeah. That's a huge point because we all look at the world through different sets of eyes and one of the most valuable resources that we all have is we all have a support network of friends, of family, of people who can take a look at something. And, and yeah, they may come up with something that never even dawned on you because they're they're looking at it through a whole different lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you, when I, when I have something big that I need to decide on, and, and you and
1: I go back and forth on this a lot, you know, have, have another set of eyes take a look at right. it especially someone that you admire, trust, and respect. Yeah. Just yesterday, I was in a meeting with some business owners, and one of them was struggling with the, the future of their business because the market is starting to collapse and has, well, has been collapsing over a while. Someone else in the meeting brought up an idea. Their mind was t- like they were, their mind was looking at the other person's table completely different. Yeah. That person, right before our eyes, reset the whole table. And we're talking about a transformative change of direction that if that person just tried to figure it all out on their own, they'd probably end up with nothing. Yep. Slow slow boil into nothingness, right? Uh, Another one here. You need to make more decisions. We talked about this at the top of the show. Technology in life is robbing us of making more decisions. And while there's a lot of positive behind that, we think that's a good thing. We are actually losing the ability to think critically and be a better decision maker. Be very careful. About getting too lazy on not making enough decisions. Because let's face it, man, it feels good. Especially like if you go on vacation for a week and the only decision you're ever making is do we go to the beach or not? That's man, that's that's very stressless right there, right? It's a great feeling. But we are losing an an, an opportunity to grow a an incredibly important skill right now in is making good decisions because as artificial intelligence and everything starts to take over. The way that we're going to separate, the way that you're going to separate yourself in the marketplace, in the world, is being able to step up and make decisions that other people aren't willing or afraid to make. And even if they're not, even if they aren't right. And I, and, and if you fail your way to success, that's fine. You just, you can, you can fail your way to success. but what you can't do is you cannot sit on your hands to success. No, it's just not going to happen. No one's going to do these things for you in your life. And and if you get in a situation where you feel like people are doing things to you, you're in a really bad spot because then you feel like other people are making decisions for you. You have to take control of your own life. Own the decision. Freaking own it. And if, and if you screwed up, say, hey, I screwed up. Let's talk about this. Um, some people make so many decisions during the day they need to take a break. We talked about this. Like like just having dinner can be overwhelming embrace those decisions, okay? Mm -hmm. But don't let other people off the hook. Don't make decisions for your kids all the time. Don't make decisions for your spouse all the time. Challenge other people to make decisions maybe in lieu of you doing it because that's what great leaders do. Great leaders create great leaders. Great leaders don't create great followers. Great leaders create great leaders. And that's really the whole premise of our show, James, is the reason we ask everyone to come here every single week is what are you doing to fulfill your significance in this world and really enabling other people to be great? Because great people make great people.
2: Yes, and we should all be surrounding ourselves with great people because they're going to build you up and you're going to help build them up. And we all need to do more of that in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like you said, man, make, make the decisions in your life that you feel are best. Bias is not the enemy. Indecision, indecisiveness is the enemy. Um, and and mm-hmm. think about that through your day today and tomorrow and, and next week and make a conscious effort to make more decisions and make them quickly.
1: You've been sitting on a decision for a long time now that's not out, it's not in your comfort zone. I'm going to challenge you is to make that decision today. Own it, run with it, and share that and, and humble yourself the important thing is is to escape the fear of not going to get what you want and what other people want in this world. Thank you all for being here folks. Come back and see us next week. You're listening to The Great People Show. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.